It's DTS 195, and we're talking about patch 114 in review. It also looks like Fortnite is getting all the attention on Wall Street, pulling away quite a bit of market value from Activision Blizzard. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody? It's BBK Dragoon, and welcome to the DTS Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. What is up, my man? What'd you do this week? What'd you play? I already know. It's Borderlands, isn't it? Yep, Borderlands every single night because it's just so much fun. We're finally getting towards the end of the story, I think, and we're still doing all those side quests because there's just so many things, so many guns, so many quests to do. It's, it's just so amazing, that series, and I cannot wait for Borderlands 3, hopefully announced at E3 this year, hopefully a release later this year that's going to be amazing in terms of real life and non-gaming life um we had some puppy shenanigans happen this week whiskey had a retained puppy tooth which means one of his puppy teeth didn't fall out and the roots were reabsorbed by the gums so we needed to get it extracted that happened on thursday well i'm sorry to hear though about the tooth is uh whiskey doing all right yeah he is he was uh it's an anesthetic um operation operation Yeah. yeah so uh, he gets put under, and then they, the vet keeps him for the day, and then he's kind of loopy when we get him, and it was really funny. But, uh, yeah, he's doing fine. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, this last week, you and I both played Destiny Update 114 together. I put in yes. quite a bit more time after you and I played together just to get a, a bigger sample, PvP mainly, and we're going to talk about our feelings on Update 114, kind of the reception of the community of things, and what we're sort of looking like until basically May, when we're going to be seeing the next set of updates coming along the pipeline with Expansion 2. I also have been playing Fortnite at the request of a ton of comments <laughs> on YouTube. A lot of the viewers have been asking me, saying you need to check out Fortnite BBK for like five or six months. And I've been putting it off because we've been busy. There's been Warframe going on. There's been Monster Hunter. And I'm a PUBG guy at heart, but I, I'm super thankful to those viewers, man, because Fortnite is exceptional. And it's really stinking fun. <laughs> it does play into what we're going to talk about today as Activision Blizzard has lost 11% of its stock value since March 12th, which is a fairly big and aggressive move downward on an index that generally has had nothing but positive mood, uh, mood for it, like lots of positive sentiment around it, especially with Overwatch League. And the main thing that you know the speculators are saying this drop is caused by is Fortnite. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. Let's get into that news. So before we get into patch 114, Cosmo actually let us know they finally have figured out the raid spawn issue and they're working on a fix for it. But until that fix goes live, Diddy, it's the raid opening cinematic that is causing the issue. So to get around it, either load into a checkpointed raid, skipping that intro cutscene, or just have your fire team leader start the raid solo and then have other team members join after the cutscene. So that is where the weird memory problem is occurring, is that opening cutscene where you're landing on the Leviathan. Kind of funky, right? Yeah, this one has been plaguing raiders since pretty much day one. Yes. <laughs> I know our first attempt at the Leviathan raid, we had some wonky networking issues, and uh, I think it was because of this issue. So thankfully, there's a fix in the pipeline. 
can't wait for that to finally be patched because that is uh, no bueno. That's kind of frustrating when it happens to you. Yeah, and so there is a fix in the works. I do like cutscenes and raids. I will say more is better. Yes. When we first had that Death Zamboni one, I was yes. very, very excited about that. <laughs> hey, something I forgot to put in the show notes, and I know it's jumping around here, but Tenocon 2018, they announced all the details of it. It's going to be Saturday, July 7th, and you can purchase all sorts of different um, tickets if you go to warframe.com slash Tenocon. This is basically Warframe's yearly convention that they do for fans of the game. It's in Canada, I think. Um, but if you can't make it out there, it's a 30-day full-day pass if you want to go see it. You get a swag bag, you get the Tenacon digital pass and the full-day access thingy. Um, if you want to just watch it and get all the in-game goodies, just like BlizzCon, they make all sorts of Warframe in-game goodies. The digital pack is $20. It's available April 3rd. You get 370 platinum. You get a Tenocon glyph, a Tenocon display art for your orbiter, a Tenocon exclusive armor set, which is this really cool looking like, uh, I don't know, Sindana, and a Tenocon sigil plus a relay key. Unlocks a special relay for access to borrow during Tenocon weekend. Gain access to every item that borrow has ever had. Borrow, kind of think of him like the Xur of of warframe mm. basically so if you guys are interested in that check it out i might be purchasing that digital pack that sounds kind of cool and i like how they they do this yearly convention thing i wish i wish destiny would have you know <laughs> bungie done something like that but yeah maybe really later like when companies do that right they have yeah. a real life convention and then they also have in-game goodies as well for people who couldn't uh, participate at that convention so this is this is really nice to see yep i've always wanted to go to blizzcon maybe one day uh, one day. Let's talk about patch 114. We've had a week to test it out. I want to go over the stuff that I liked and some stuff that I'm concerned about. On the PvE side of the game, Diddy, I would say my reception is overall pretty great. The Nightfall rewards are a little bit meh for me, a little bit on the average end of the spectrum, but having more variety in your weapon selection in PvE is a big plus. Having some of these you know, not popular weapons now finally able to dish out additional damage, making them on par with other things, that's a solid win for me, and also seeing, you know, the amount of deeps people were putting out, I think with the linear fusion rifles, the Pyramidian yes. boss you could take down kind of in one and a half cycles. I think some people were one-cycling him before he could teleport behind the wall. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see that stuff again. It's been a long time since you've seen that in D2, <laughs> right? Yeah, you, absolutely. You saw some of the Unifall-specific rewards, your thoughts on that and the PvE changes? or? Yeah, so I think the PvE side of things... I mean, that's where the majority of the buffs were this patch in PvE, and I think it's really great. I I think PvE is, you know, us as Guardians, we should be able to just blow through, well, probably not blow through everything, but these were nice, really, really nice quality of life changes. And the Nightfall rewards, I think I would have liked to see more rewards drop, both armor and weapons. However, I'm glad they're back in the game because it gives me something to look forward to doing the Nightfall every single week. And... Bungie definitely has a, a history of putting those rewards into premium-based content. So I can't say I'm happy about it, but I imagine with Expansion <laughs> 2 is where you're going to see your first big dose of, of new stuff. Or maybe reskins, because knowing D2, they love their reskins. <laughs> the PvP side of things. All right, I've played a lot, and my opinions may not match everybody, so here is just my two cents on things. I love the speed buff to you know classes in their supers sorry diddy you hunters get completely left out in the rain you now are like i think the slowest class in the game so just deal with it even though it doesn't make sense for your fantasy <laughs> good old titans and warlocks are super quick 
Dawnblade was very fun to use once again. However, I'm going to recommend everybody goes and watches Fallout Play's channel. He did a fantastic breakdown of actually what the mobility changes entailed. And you'll notice your sprint speed really hasn't changed. And your, your base movement speed, even with max mobility, has barely changed. And really, all you're seeing, the major differences here, are going to be your glide abilities for the Titan and the Warlock. Now, granted, you can move quite a bit quicker now with those, but it's subtle. It's not as big as I thought the branding for Go Fast was was going to make it out to be. I mean, Bungie <laughs> pushes out this video talking about how crazy quick and fast things are now, when in reality, I would call this a, a rather subtle, small change to the sandbox. Now, you can argue with me and saying there's heavy ammo dropping all the time now, and, and you're right, but that, in my opinion, is almost an illusion, a mask for, for the speed of the gameplay. Just because now heavy is up all the time, and, and you can pretty much expect anybody to have heavy in a power weapon at any given point, that's a really cheap way to make the game quick. It's, it's again, <laughs> avoiding, to me, the time-to-kill argument. Though That's just my opinions. I know there are completely different ones out there, but your two cents, Diddy, after our matches together. Yeah, I think, uh, gameplay-wise, I think the issue is still, it's too heavily focused on team shooting. Teamwork, there's very little opportunity for outplay. 1v2s just don't come out in on the positive end for that single player uh, as as often as I think they should not saying that they should be the majority but I think it should be more possible um, like you said the time to kill there was not really ch touched that much and I think if that was sped up a little bit it would make that a little bit more enjoyable of an experience uh, yeah, kind of sad that hunters didn't get as uh, much love <laughs> in the mobility department as the other two but I think you know, our time will come. <laughs> so Cami Cakes showed off the new Titan skating uh, thing that you can do. And holy cow, you can go very, very quick. So far, it's only possible on PC. And if you guys want to check that out, go to, I think, Cami Cakes on YouTube. I think he has a video on there or it's on his Twitter. Awesome streamer, really cool dude, and one of the best players during Destiny 1 PvP. And still one of the you know, extremely good Destiny 2 PvP player. And he went on to the Leviathan, like that long front part of the ship where the cutscene basically ends mm -hmm. and he skates to the wall in a heartbeat i mean the speed <laughs> you can get with it is absurd my biggest heartbreak with this whole stinking patch rumble rumble comes into play we knew coming into it it was going to be eight player rumble diddy you said on the show it's going to be chaotic <laughs> it should be six people and i agreed with that sentiment i thought about maps like endless veil vale going you know it's going to be pretty crazy you're going to see people and the spawns in Rumble are atrocious. You spawn within line of sight of other players continually. You can literally spawn 30 feet in front of another player while they're looking at you. And even though you have that spawn protection, like that little extra armor on top of your shield, mm -hmm. it is an incredibly frustrating experience. And I could not play more than five or six matches of it just because it's... Honestly, I'm just going to say it, it feels very broken. It feels like this game mode has launched in a broken state. It's frustrating to spawn, not just when you're in line of sight of other people, but how about when you spawn in, the guy in front of you has like one shot left and you just shoot him. It's not a rewarding kill at all. You feel bad for that guy, and it doesn't feel like you've earned that takedown, that you've earned that frag. What did you think about it? So... um <laughs> 
eight player free for all. That's not how you do it. Halo 4 had this problem. I, you used to do Halo 4 replay reviews and you replay reviewed one of my free for all <laughs> games. And hopefully we'll be able to link this in the show notes because there's a spawn in there. I spawn in, I take three steps, someone respawns right behind me. In your same spawn, in your same spawn In the point. exact same spot. And granted that it was Halo 4, and it was 343, <laughs> wasn't Bungie who did it, but it just, it had the same problem. Eight players on a map built for 4v4 or whatever, it's not gonna work as well as you think. And this just seems to be the case here in Destiny 2. It is extremely frustrating. Especially, like you said, when you spawn in, that guy in front of you is one shot. You just pull the trigger once, get the kill. That's not really rewarding, right? No. Free-for-all is, in my opinion, and I've always said this, it's not about who gets the most kills the fastest. It's not about your skill. It's about how many kills can you steal from your opponents the best, you know? It's, it's like... Why do I have to do all the work in getting that dude down low enough to get the kill when I can just wait, watch two people duke it out, and then kill them both because they're both weak? You know, it's... <laughs> yeah, I agree fully with you, except for yeah. it is skill-based. Like, I think free-for-all is one of the most effective ways to train as a player in any FPS game if mm -hmm. the spawns aren't as wonk as this. But you're right. Like, the goal is to interrupt kills. You don't want to be the guy who gets into an engagement and gets out of it with barely any shield left because you know some guy's going to come in and finish the fight. It's kind of a, a rule of thumb in all Battle Royale games. If you play PUBG and you hear two dudes fighting in the same like town you're in, it's it, you know that they're going to be healing up. So you have free reign to just bum rush over there and take them out. So it's, it's a big part of the strategy that goes into things. I'm concerned big time by this because there's, I believe, only two realities here in regards to Rumble. On Bungie's end, either they tested this playlist and knew of the problems and pushed it live anyway, or they didn't test the playlist before pushing it live. And both of those realities are not optimal. Neither one leaves me feeling comfortable about the future where FFA, a very standard simple game mode in most FPS games of the last <laughs> decade, 15 years, whatever, if... They're struggling to implement this type of game mode. How hopeful can we be for more complicated PvE-related things like a horde mode or new raid encounters? And it just, I'm concerned. I know there's a lot of teams and they delegate everything to different teams within Bungie. So the PvE guys are totally separate of the PvP guys. But this patch would have been 100% better with a public test server something the community has been asking for for years i understand the logistics of it probably not being possible on console then have a public test realm just for the pc guys make it just like the beta you got one pvp playlist with a couple of maps where you could try this out and then you actually get direct feedback from us because <laughs> overall 114 if this was a patch that came out two months after the launch of destiny i'd have more leeway it's been six and a half seven months right now and I'm I'm just not impressed at this time scale. You know, waiting for an update like this every six months, it's just congratulations in, you know, two years we'll be in a better place kind of a deal. So that's my ending thoughts on one one four. I don't think it's bad for the game, but gosh, dude. <laughs> I think you hit it on the head right at the end there. I think 
the marginal improvement that this update produced versus the amount of time it took to implement these changes into the game is not a good ratio. Like mm -hmm. you said, if this update had come out two or three, even if it came out with DLC 1, yeah. with Curse of Osiris, have those changes come in, it's a new era of Destiny 2. It makes a lot of sense to do sandbox changes then. You know, I think that would have been, you know, received much better. But since, like you said, since it was such a long time between launch and now to have these major sandbox changes, not even major, right? Some of them were just marginal. It's it just expectation versus reality was not was not met. And I think another one of the issues with the Rumble implementation is Bungie, you know, sometimes they don't test things like Prometheus Lens. They said in the video, what's the worst that could happen? And then immediately cut to laser tag with Prometheus Lens. And then it's, man, there is such a hard nail to hit on the head when you implement these types of changes because you have people who want to play Rumble just to have fun. And then you have the competitive top 1% PvP PvPers who want to play Rumble at their peak performance and when you only have the one playlist it's just all this chaos it might be super fun for a lot of people testing it at Bungie but the competitive scene is not really going to like that and I'm not saying it should be one or the other maybe have both action sack playlist for for the the really fun wonky games and then the actual Rumble Pit competitive serious try hard pants uh free for all there i don't think they want our feedback <laughs> like honestly <laughs> i that's the main holdback i think for a public test realm i don't think they'd they'll want to deal with that and the transition point for me here is kind of the idea of gaming generations diddy and i were talking about this in the pre-show where the times are changing for sure bungie was the forefront leader in the traditional fps market during the halo days they started seeing that Call of Duty competition really come into the forefront with strength during COD 4 and Modern Warfare 2 around that Halo 3 and Halo Reach time frame. And now we look at the scene in the massive uptick in popularity of Battle Royale games. Fortnite obviously leading that charge. And interesting article comes out this week over um, on multiple, multiple uh, market websites where Activision Blizzard stock has lost 11% since March 12th. And the analysts say that the stock's fall is due to the fears that Fortnite could siphon engagement and monetization away from games like Call of Duty or Destiny. Well, Diddy and I know for a fact, and I think most of you Destiny guys know for a fact, Fortnite has pulled a lot of the player base over to it from Destiny because it is providing a better, faster, more up-to-date experience. And the article then goes into detail how Activision Blizzard doesn't really have any games in its library on the Blizzard side of the portfolio that would support a Battle Royale mode. But then it mentions, and I quote here, it is possible Activision will add a Battle Royale mode to COD or Destiny 2 in order to capitalize on the current trend, end quote. Now granted, that is an analyst speculation. That's not official press at all from Activision Blizzard, but you can bet the top brass and Activision Blizzard see this trend, see the monetization level. I mean, for goodness sakes, Fortnite has just passed Minecraft in total like uploads per month, I think, on YouTube. It's it's That's huge. Crazy. This is like the new Minecraft, the new League of Legends. And 
those suits at Activision Blizzard want a piece of that pie. I don't think Destiny could support it if they can't put an FFA type in the game effectively. <laughs> I just could see it more in COD, but what do you think about this changing of the guard, Diddy, where these new adaptive studios like Epic are coming in and changing things up where if you're not updating your game on a near weekly basis, you're now in the dark ages, it feels like. Yeah, I think the gaming generations is a great introspective or perspective on the gaming industry, right? We start out with all those classic first-person shooter games, Halo, Call of Duty, Counter-Strike, Quake, those arena-style games, and then those kind of, we kind of get tired after seven or eight years of that consistently coming out, and then you have the esports scene rising up with League of Legends and Dota and StarCraft just becoming hugely popular, and now Battle Royale moving into that limelight, into that spotlight. And I'll be honest, when PUBG first came out, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this is just another uh, DayZ, right? It's just going to be popular for a few months, and then we're all going to be going back to Destiny or Halo or Le League of Legends or whatever. And I was dead wrong. Like, I did not expect this to be so popular. When Fortnite came out, I'm like, why are you trying to copy PUBG? That's, this is not going to last. And then, of course, they shut me up again, becoming one of the most popular games in the world. Now surpassing Minecraft and uploads on YouTube, it's here. It is here to stay. It has left its mark. Battle Royale game modes are the new gaming generation. And that to me is just crazy. And if, like you said, if we try and stick, we being if gaming studios, if they try and stick to that really old method at this point, eh, they're not going to hold the current generation of gamers attention and so they're not going to succeed think back to halo reach and this is where i kind of still feel like bungie's philosophy lays where you'd get a title update once every six months now granted i remember the patch Re reach is maybe not the best example because it didn't get the the best level of support bungie was transitioning and handing that football over to 343 at the time but really bungie's method of of updating a title with substantial things you know, once every six or seven months is just not going to fly anymore. I truly believe that the old guard is being completely passed by with the innovation of these new and adaptive studios. It's easy to level praise on Epic for doing a gajillion updates, but really, their game at the core is one singular game mode. I mean, the Battle Royale game mode far outweighs the PvE thing, but, like, it's one singular game mode, so it's not to the extent and probably as complicated as it is updating something like a Destiny. But at this point, it's adapt or die, and I feel like Bungie is, I hate to say dying because they're not, they're a massive 1,000-person studio, but this way of development is going by the wayside. It's going to be passed up, and when you have, so 11% of a stock decline in Activision Blizzard's portfolio, that's $6.3 billion in market value, by the way, guys. This is big buck fear of, hmm, investors seeing the trend, the massive popularity in these BR games and going, all right, we want we want a part of that cake. The solution to the problem with Destiny 2 is not add a BR mode. Please do not take that away as the uh, <laughs> my point in this conversation. It really isn't. It's just we need to see monthly updates to Destiny 2 that give meaningful things. We, the I mean, trend, look at the, 
go for it. Sorry, the trend these days seems to be do one game mode and do it really, really well and consistently make updates. And then it's really easy for us to make that comparison to Destiny because that's where our podcast podcast started, of course, and that's what we're always going to talk about. But Destiny seems to want to do everything. Not one game mode, not story, not strikes, not raids, not PvP. It wants to do all of that. And then you look at this current generation of, you know, the mobile gamers or the the ones that those free-to-play games with all those microtransactions, they do one thing really, really well, and they're really successful at it. How do you adapt from that old style to the new style? It is, man, that is a big question mark that I think needs an answer. For Destiny, I think we know that answer, and I think the community who's played the game the last three and a half years knew what that answer was and hoped it was. If it isn't broke, why fix it? Why do these sweeping overhauls that they did with Destiny 2? My ideal Destiny 2, look at Destiny 1, year 3. Add a new raid every two months with new rewards every two months. Keep trials very similar, but with dedicated servers and much better reporting and protection tools for your player base. But instead, it's like they wiped the chalkboard clean and started from scratch, and here we are, we were promised with Destiny 2 more frequent content. And at this point in Destiny 1's life cycle, in year one, we had more stuff. (laughs) It's sad, it's really sad, and I hope that magic light switch and that complete change of the guard thing is happening at Bungie where the philosophy shifts to a more agility-focused update philosophy. Because otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's just, you're not gonna convert any of these new generation of gamers who are seeing with their Fortnites, like, yeah, dude, they're updating the game every other day, it feels like, and there's tons of incentives. The battle pass in Fortnite gives you more like cool rewards and, and ideas of what's coming down the pipeline than Destiny 2 has. And you look back at the record book for D1 and Age of Triumph, you're like, that was a great idea. Where'd it go? It's gone. Why? <laughs> Visible milestones to work towards. Yes. That's what... That's what a lot of games right now show you, right? You you had you actually had a really great Halo video that came out this last week. I'm just gonna thanks, dude. Publish that or not publish that, but that man, you talked about Halo Six and what it meant. Do you go with the classic Halo game, right, or do you adapt this new gaming generation mindset of well, what did Halo 5 introduce? Warzone, right? Warzone's a really great game mode. Maybe you put that free to play, right? Gets yep. people into the game, interested in the game, and then you have the other Halo content, the story, the other PVP as a as a paid service, right? You you pay 30 bucks for the rest of the game and you just get to play it. You have that free to play option. I can still enjoy that game for free with the microtransactions because of course if you have a free-to-play model there's going to be some type of microtransaction to support it to become successful and then you have the that paid option fortnite like you said with the game pass the battle pass does that really well mm-hmm. uh, the, the most popular option is the free-to-play option and that's super great i don't have to pay a dime to play that game league of legends same thing well one thing i am very thankful for is we're coming into april which means we're going to start seeing some material about expansion too and I believe Chris Barrett has had his fingers deep in that pie 
and I hope he can work some of that House of Wolves-style magic into expansion, too. I, when I played PvP this last week, had fun. I have a longing, a desire to enjoy Destiny. Anybody who played over the, you know, the course of D1 and, and played throughout those three years knew there was something special in there. And it feels like it was like somewhat taken away from us in D2. I want to see it succeed, and I want to see them succeed and give us a reason to come back. And maybe Expansion 2 is that time. I think it's more likely going to be like a Taken Queen-style thing. But I'm going to go into it with an open mind and kind of an open heart to the idea of them maybe putting out a killer cool expansion. I'm not expecting it, but I'm at least going to open myself up and hope that that's what occurs. Man, what if? I'm just going to do a what if hypothetical right now. Taken Queen is my ideal free expansion. It's massive content, and it's got it's got that hybrid, that free-to-play mode, maybe that horde mode, that Prison of Elders style that goes on infinitely Yep. that people can play to get their feet wet with Destiny 2, and then the other paid option where you can do continue the story, you can do the raid, you can do the strikes, you can do the PvP, something like that, right? Yep. Have the free-to-play option and then the paid option and just... I don't know. Maybe that goes against what I said earlier about Destiny doing everything or trying to do everything and it's not working. But I think that would be super cool. A radical change is necessary. Yes. We don't know exactly what that radical change is, but the course can't continue this direction for for Destiny, sadly. But on that note, I think that's where we're going to wrap DTS 195. I'd love to hear what you guys, the listeners, have to think about this. I mean, we have good conversations with the regulars in the DTS Discord, but we'd love to see some new faces. Discord.me slash Destiny the Show. Come talk about Destiny, other investment games. Come play, party up. You know, we've got a Monster Hunter room in there. Monster Hunter hype has kind of settled down a little bit here, but there's always new things to be trying out. I'm going to be recruiting some of you guys for some Fortnite squad games because I've been having too much fun with that title. <laughs> um, and also, shout us out on, on Twitter, at Destiny the Show. We love to hear about your thoughts on 114, just to get some feedback and maybe even read those tweets here on the program. Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Uh, you can follow me at BBK Dragoon on both YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, not both, all the above. And you can go to our website, destinytheshow.com, for all the links from today and more if you want to read more about the articles we talked about. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you next time.